Father, we honor your word this morning. We honor you. We thank you for your voice that speaks to us. We thank you for the spirit that guides us into all truth. And we just receive from your word today. Amen. Do, you, do we serve God out of duty? Or do we serve him out of relationship? Duty can be sometimes very tiring. Um, and I think sometimes we become so performance orientated that the relationship kind of is set aside. We get into the mode of do, 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 do. And sometimes we just run out of do. And I'm going to read some scripture verses that are very familiar to us today, but I was just meditating on why did God send his son? Well, because he loved the world. And the son functioned out of a connection of love with the father and the intimacy with the father when he went about demonstrating and speaking of the kingdom. The kingdom is not a theory. It's a divine reality. It actually exists. The kingdom is not some, some word that is not relatable. It seems to be a word that doesn't have something you can grab onto. Um, and I think sometimes in our translations, we lose some things of truth that they had in the original that we don't have explained in our English or Spanish or Brazilian or whatever else language you speak here. Um, but he, when Jesus came to earth, he was sent because of love. And uh, as he went about doing good, the priority was love. It was not a performance. It was a love relationship with the Father. He, he was actually demonstrating the love of God that he has for people. And uh, when we go about our work or we go about the city and we look at people, what motivates us? Do we just see them as the scum of the earth? Do we see them as dysfunctional people? Um, the Father seemed to have a love vision. And Jesus came to demonstrate that love. And so whatever we see him doing, we read about him doing, whatever we see him saying, it was because he was flowing in a relationship of love with the Father and bringing it to the earth. And whether he spoke to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or whether he spoke to the world or whether he spoke to his disciples, everything was out of the motivation of love. 
And there are a lot of people in this world who are looking for love. In fact, I think the church is deficient in love. Uh, I just look at my own life. Am I willing to lay down my life for somebody? Am I willing to do what I need to do for the benefit of somebody else? In our society, we're self-orientated. It's serve me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But in, in the kingdom of God, Paul said, let me show you a better way, a higher way. And he goes to Corinthians and he talks about what love is like and what love isn't like and, and all those descriptions. I'm sure you've read them. And I looked at that and I'm thinking, Father, I, I want to I wanna love the world the way you love the world. Because we can be so performance orientated, we forget all about love. And when you look at love, one of the definitions of agape is a decision that's based on evaluation. So, I'm beginning to learn, okay, if I'm in the world, what, how am I making my decisions? When I see somebody, how am I making my decisions? What am I seeing? Um, one of them um, is a, a word that um, has a passion for truth. And uh, when Jesus was in the garden and he wept. The word there, he was moved in such a deep, deep, deep compassion that it consumed him. Um, Do we have deep compassion when we're going through tough times? Do we have deep compassion when, when God has asked us to do something that is really not all that pleasant? A love for truth means I don't lie. I don't twist the truth. I don't twist something. A love for truth means I'm honest. You see, if we see things through the eyes of love, we see them entirely different. A love for the kingdom is I will see God's rule the way it should be in my life. Truth, a love for truth, is never willing to compromise. And if we read the love, if we read the life of Christ, and... I always maintain that the epistles are application, uh, interpretation and application. And if you took uh, Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 13 and put them on the life of Jesus, and you'll see the model. 
It's a better way. The world sees us as an institution. God sees us as a living organism. Moved with compassion and love and truth. Not being wimps. Not being people who just cave into anything. But I'm reminded when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, she really didn't get what he was saying at the beginning. But his love caused him to be patient. And his love was motivated to try and understand where she was. So he could bring her where he was. Amen? And, and so you see his patience in the whole story. Well, you just don't get it. Didn't come out of his mouth. The religious people wanted to stone her. So he, lay, he raised the bar of standard. He said, if you're without fault, you can throw the first stone. They left. He said those words out of love. But here's the really cool part of the whole story. And that is this. He was without fault and didn't throw a stone. That's love. Duty often does not rely on faith. Relationship depends on faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Those words right there tell me this. It's everything is by faith. If you ever expect to achieve something because of your performance, you're never going to achieve it. You have to believe it. And what you believe is what will come to pass. What you try to perform sometimes is just out of duty, but really not out of faith. We're all like that. We all fall into these ruts, you know. I don't know about you, I've I've been in a few of them. And I thank God that he comes along and speaks to us. He says, I'd like to get you out of this rut. If we're, if, if God takes the initiative, but God who was rich in mercy because of his great love, with, he loved us. He takes the initiative to love. Hmm. Even when we were dead in trespass and sin, he took the initiative to love. So when the son came, he functioned under the initiative of love. 
to express the heart of the Father. And I believe that's why people were so attracted to him. And I believe that if we become a people of love, the world may be attracted to us. And we may not be viewed as some institution of decrees and laws and rules, but of relationship. If we are going to be a hospital for people who, whose lives are totally messed up, we can't function under rules. We must function under love. And love endeavors to take people from where they are to where they should be. Not just the regular rules of the law. Do you know why? Because the flesh could never fulfill the law. And I believe that we need to be those kind of people that see people we, we need to see them through the eyes of love because the Father sees them through his eyes of love and he sees where he wants to take them. And if, if Jesus came down and just laid the rules down, I don't think anybody would have ever been attracted to him. Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. Boo. And raised us up together. His vision was to see when he saw us dead in our trespasses and sin... How did he see us? He saw us raised up together with him. And we must see people through the eyes of love. How do you relate to your mate? How do you relate to your children? I've done a bit of marriage counseling and some of the ones I've been involved in is nothing but legalism. It's you do this, this is what the word requires of you, you do that. What we do is we set people up for failure. And when they fail, they break the word, then we judge them. That's not love. I believe the world is starving for love. I believe they're starving for love. If we don't have love, all of the gifts are nothing but a, an empty sound. They have no substance to them at all. Love gives the meaning to everything that we possess in Christ. It is, gives a basic understanding of what the kingdom is really all about. The kingdom is not just about healing and about gifts and about power. The healing, the primary healing of the kingdom is because of love. 
I love you and God loves you. And because he loves you, he does not want you to stay where you are. You see, that releases a compassion within us. I think that's why worship is so important. Because worship connects our passion with the one who's passionate. And allows a love that is so divine to be so real that it's willing to move mountains. I read my Bible, and I'm sure you read yours. And when I see what Jesus did, and I saw the things that he was able to do and what the disciples did in the areas of miracles and signs and wonders and power and getting people free and healed and all that stuff and getting them saved and getting them to serve God and all the things that went with it, it was all out of the motivation of love. And it seems as though the Ephesian church lost a little bit of it. Or Paul would not be writing to them about it. Institutionalism is death to divine relationship. Duty is the enemy of faith. Some of you are thinking about that right now. Well, without faith, without works, your faith is dead. Yeah, but faith must come first. So what do we believe? What do you believe? Well, what you believe is what you get. According to your faith, be it unto you, Jesus said. And I, I'm just challenged in my own heart. I was just sharing with Pastor David this week. I, I did some study, and it's just like, God, like, we need your love in the house. We really do. We need the love of God in our hearts. He has shed it abroad in our hearts. He showed us love when we were dead. He loved us when we were lost. He loved us when we were rebellious. Does God just, well, let me see. I, I can't love you no more. Click. No, he is love. He doesn't turn it on and on. It's who he is. To love, to love is to dispose of value that is in your heart to someone else. So when God so loved the world, he gave his son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. When I go to Timmy's and I look at people and I watch them, 
I'm beginning to learn to see them through the eyes of love. God wants you to have everlasting life. He wants you to be free from your sin. Drove down Hastings Street this week. I see a whole culture down there. God loves those people. And here's the challenge. Here's the challenge that I believe we all face. And that is this. We can provide all the soup we want. But unless we have a message and a power that sets them free from where they are, soup is nothing. There's lots of churches feeding people in Abbotsford. Does it change anything? No. I don't, I'm not against that. But I'm saying, God, there's got to be more than soup. So do we really believe in the kingdom or not? That's what it boils down to. Do, when Jesus, here's a thought. When Jesus walked this earth and he went about doing good. And as he went about doing good, the motivation was love. But he always realized that the kingdom was right where he was all the time. And then he told the disciples, he says, I want you to go out and I want you to say the kingdom of God is at hand. What he was doing, he was planting in their mind and in their heart that wherever they went, God's authority was with them. So as you go, do you believe that the authority of God is always with you? I'm trying to learn that. You see, love without the authority of the kingdom is not very effective. Love can give a bowl of soup, but the authority can set them free. And I feel so overwhelmingly challenged in my own heart. The kingdom isn't about gimmicks. The kingdom is about love, power, and authority. King, the kingdom of God is not about me. The kingdom of God is about him. Your kingdom come your will be done, not mine. Right. Amen? Right. The rest of you don't agree with me? <laughs> you see, I'm not talking to you out of somebody who is perfect. I'm talking to you as someone who's just like you. We're all the same. Come on. 
but he's different. And the one who's different lives here. In you. That makes us different. And the motivation of love, the, the ability to see through the eyes of love, I believe releases a compassion that enhances faith. In life, we come to points in life where we just say, you know what? I am not tolerating this anymore. God's word says this, we believe it, and boom, it's dealt with. What happened? What happened was this. Your passion turned to hate what was wrong so that the passion for what was right could take over. Marjorie and Louise, Sandra and Michael. God is talking to you about Costa Rica. Don't see yourself as deficient. but see yourself as a servant of the one who's sufficient. You're going to carry an authority in you to that nation. And it's not your authority. It's his authority. Young man, you. Whatever has been keeping you back, is broke. Now, the door is open for you to go forward with Jesus with what's in your heart. Your reservations were your prison. Liberty is being proclaimed to you today. I believe that you see people in a way and if you don't have it today you're going to weep for them because I see a compassion building up inside of you for Jesus. Something has turned you around and it was Jesus because he loves you. You see, the kingdom of God is not ethereal. It's not a theory. It's a reality of love, authority, 
and power. Love, authority, and power. God so loved, he gave. There's a tension between the now and the not yet. Or what must still come to pass. In other words, we are constantly changing. There's a tension between now and where your life is going with God. There's always that tension. If that tension wasn't there, we'd have no motivation. We are living and involved in a kingdom in which there is constantly an increase of his government. Just think of that for a moment. The government of God, the Bible says of his increase there shall be no end. That means he is constantly growing his government in your life to rule areas that he's not ruling yet. And as we walk in them, and it's not just deficiencies, it's things that he wants us to do. To exercise the authority of the government of heaven on earth. And to see things from, a, from the eyes of love. Faith, come here. I'm amazed at this young lady. We love you. She's from Lillooet. And you got saved in Lillooet, right? Yes. And then your mom and dad moved away. And that was traumatic for you. I remember on Facebook, you were in Squamish. And you moved here and you moved there. But God has seen you through. Are your parents saved? but you're living for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? To me, she's the picture of the love of God. You are so encouraging to us because I I can't relate to the life that you've come out of. But God loves you. And we love you. I don't mean to make you cry. But I'm trying to show us how to express love. And there are things you struggle with. But we love you. See, every one of us are special to him. If Jesus was here, he would put his arm around all of us and tell us how much he loves us. You're not just somebody who attends here. You're a part of our life. 
we love you so much. Thank you for letting us love you. And thank you for loving us back. And we lift your parents up to God right now and we ask him to save their soul in the name of Jesus. We pray for this whole family, Lord, that it be saved. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Sorry. We all look at one another in the back of our heads. Some of us are even afraid to hug somebody. That's okay. God will set you free. He's not judgmental. He's compassionate. He's full of mercy. The Bible never describes God as being full of judgment. It describes him as being full of mercy. The mercy of God. Where would any of us be without his mercy? We would be nowhere. Where would we be without his grace? Lost in sin and head for hell. That's where we would be. Where would we be if it was the performance of the law that saved us? We would be lost and inefficient. People need love. Justin, come here. How you doing, buddy? Come here. We love you. We love you, Justin. We love your mom. Pray for your family. So we can love anybody. We we can say to anybody, I love you. Looks like his mom is about ready to cry. But we love you. Bless you. Let's give him a big hand. And I look at the life of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. And we are quite prone to 
look at his gifts that he functioned in. But did you ever think of looking at the fruit of the Spirit in his life? You see, if we have love, we have joy. And if you've got love and joy, you have peace. And I believe a lot of people don't have peace because they don't get love. Try and love somebody and you'll just see peace just settle in right away. Just like that. If you, if you come into a room all grumpy, guess what? There's no peace. But if you come in with joy, joy is an expression of love. If you come into a room with joy, you'll settle, you'll, you'll have peace. Peace will come. Love, joy, peace. And then comes long-suffering and gentleness. When we don't have long-suffering and gentleness, we do not have peace, we do not have joy, and we do not have love. But love is always long-suffering. And this morning, I went to Timmy's, and wouldn't you know it, God set up a situation for me to test my patience. Guy was backing out with a nice white truck, and the guy ahead of me decided to wait for him. So the guy drives up, he opens on their window, and they start talking. And I'm behind him, and I'm thinking, how dumb. These guys are dumb. Then I realized they're holding me up. And all of a sudden, uh, are you patient? I was going to blow the horn until that thought came. And I just waited. And I thought to myself, the only reason why I was aware of it is because I have been meditating on it. And if you meditate on what love is not like and what love is like, and you get it in your spirit, you know what? The Holy Spirit uses it. And I had an object lesson this morning right before me. And it was, you know what? I felt good after. So the impatience... The, 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 the not allowing impatience to manifest itself allowed peace to dwell after instantly. And it's like, wow. You see, it's not a theory, it's a life reality. The kingdom of God is a life reality every moment of the day. And love is the better way. Paul said to all the people at Ephesus, you know, I'll tell you a better way. So you won't be clinging and dinging sounds with no meaning or substance or impact but you'll actually influence people with the gifting if you exercise love. 
and have love as the motive. Did you ever see a child fall on the ground and and the parent is compassionate and and their compassion, oh, you know, just come here, let me comfort you. Do we do that? Or do we kick him first? When somebody falls, do we have compassion? Are we moved to pick them up? So just let me hold you for a minute. You know, I believe that that ingredient would impact so many people. It would liberate them. It would cause them to see, you know, somebody cares about me no matter what I'm going through. This person loves me. Love is really not real until it's undeserved. That's a tweet. Love is not real until it's undeserved. I don't And you don't deserve to be here and be saved. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us freely. He picked us up off the ground. He took us out of the powers of darkness and embraced us and said, I love you. And gave us unmerited favor. What I'm trying to say is this. When a parent sees a child hurting, they want to embrace them and comfort them. Why? Because of love and compassion. We usually don't say, well, you stupid kid, you should have never done that. You should have known that was going to happen to you. We don't say that, but we might correct them after. And if you think of God as being your heavenly father, what do you think he does when you fall? He wants to pick you up and he wants to embrace you. And he wants to show his love to you because that's a better way. And if it's a better way for us, you can be sure he functions in the better way himself. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your compassion. My wife and I visited our adopted daughter in the psych ward in St. Paul's Hospital yesterday. It's very difficult. sit there seeing her so drugged up because of her behavior she could hardly talk we told her we loved her 
She's been signed in by two doctors. She can't leave, which is good because she's right now very harmful to herself. But it's a challenge in my own heart. I said, Lord, what does it take to see people like that set free and healed? I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with what I see. And then all a bunch of other people there as well. They need love. They need compassion. They need mercy. They need to know that somebody cares. Usually when I leave visiting her, it takes me a couple days to recover from my emotions. Pastor David, when you said pray for two people, I put down who I've always been praying for. And she's one of them. It was long after the police actually, uh, she was in the yeah, she believes she's pregnant and she's not. She has imaginary family, people's names. And uh, they phoned the police, and the police came and handcuffed her and took her to the hospital. You know what? I was grateful that they didn't tase her. And I think there's been enough stuff on the news now that the police are getting wise on what they should do. What's the best thing they could have done for her was take her to the hospital. But there's a greater hospital that I believe we need to believe for. Jesus did it. He said we could do it. And it's not by being good enough. It's not by somehow some duty. It's out of faith. He said it. I believe it. It's easy to say, but I say it anyway because there's nothing else I can say. But I'm amazed at how I've been thinking about this whole love thing and then, and then this happens. And it just deepens the reality in my heart of how much love we really need in our hearts for one another, for people who are lost, people who are sick, people people who are handicapped. And we need to have that passion in our hearts that rises up and say, you know what? I want to love you, and I want to see you whole. Father, we just thank you for your love and mercy today. That when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, you came and you gave us life. You took us out of a world of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of your dear son. 
And I just pray that as each of us go, as we go, that we would realize the motivation of your love as we view people. That we realize that your authority is always with us wherever we are. And that we can show love to whoever we meet. I ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.